Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. And so I actually applaud what Justin Jones was saying. And I also applaud Aaron Nagler for going out there and creating a t-shirt asking who Justin Jones is. I think ultimately when you look at players, and we had Tyler Scott on a couple of weeks ago, we want them to feel very similar to us because it's very personal. The NFL is very personal. Our fandom is very personal. I was just on the radio, or I will be on the radio tomorrow with our friends down in Duval County, down in Jacksonville, talking about their, the record prediction because they're very upset that I had them winning the AFC South. But no, not only that, but I had them winning just nine games. And the Titans fans, of course, very upset that I had them winning four games. So it's all very personal. So when a player comes out and starts taking shots at fans, I kind of like it. I think it's pretty cool. It makes it feel like this player is invested as the rest of us. And I think that, you know what? And when it's harmless, like it was with Justin Jones, I think that it's it's uh, it's fun. It should be celebrated. It shouldn't be. And I don't think that the Packers' response should be laughed at either. I think it's fun. It's a fun way to do it. So in any event, we're going to be talking about that in a little bit more. So, Sammy, let's just go ahead and start the show. Turn up your volume. Up your volume. Because you're about to listen to The Sick Podcast with Adam Ray. Trying to cut it back. Justin Fields making magic happen. There goes Fields. Touchdown. The Sickest Chicago Bears and Fantasy Football Podcast. Sports entertainment like no other. It's going to be sick. It's Tuesday night. You know what that means, and it's time for Take It to the Rank. We'll be speaking to the fans today who have their questions because, of course, the Bears returned to a involuntary, was it involuntary minicamp? Anyways, the Bears were practicing this week on Tuesday. Uh, so, you know what? We got a lot of stuff to get into. And you know what? It also means, guess who's back from vacation? That's right. She is hitting the ground running because she was at Hallis Hall on Tuesday, maybe on Monday. I don't know. But in any event, please welcome back to the show our co-host, Carmen Vitali. Carmen, how are you living? Wonderful. Uh, right. Very refreshed. So th- thank you for affording me the absence. Uh, vacation was wonderful. And you're right. I was at Hallis Hall today for the first day of Bears mandatory minicamp. Uh, I think involuntary makes it sound like a reflex. What is it? <laughs> like yeah, a, what is like it? Like a funny what? bone. Like, ah. Involuntary, like you just have to show <laughs> like up. Involuntary, you know, like a tick. I guess, yeah, I guess mandatory would be the the way a normal person would have just said that (laughs) mandatory minicamp. There is uh, there is so much going on, but let's talk about the quote that Justin Jones gave, as you described, an all timer in regards to the Bears Packers rivalry. And Sammy, if you could pull it up, if you could pull up the quote 
I don't know if this is possible. All right. This is Justin Jones, our defensive tackle, who said they won, but their fans are really shitty. I want to. Sorry. Sorry, Sammy. I, I'm just <laughs> quoting him. This is a quote from Justin Jones. This is not me speaking. I, I want to go back up there and I want to play them and I want to beat them and I want him to be there so he can see it. But the fact that he's gone now, I mean, it's cool. So Justin Jones lamenting the fact that Aaron Rodgers is gone. I think that it's great. I think that, you know, if you're a competitive person, you want to beat the guy who's been tormenting you for a number of years. It's like when Jordan eventually got to the NBA finals, you got to beat the Pistons. Like that's what you, you want to beat the Pistons. He knocked off the Pistons. Now he was able to, to flourish once Larry Bird was injured, but that's another discussion for another day, but he beat the Pistons. What did you think? What did you think of the quote? I mean, not the shitty part, but like the, the, the essence of what he was saying. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. That's kind of who Justin Jones is. We, this is not the first time that he's provided us with a fantastic quote. He's really good when it comes to the media. Being in the room, though, we all laughed, first of all, because it was yeah. so unexpected. He was asked about what this division now looks like without Aaron Rodgers in it. And he took yeah. it in a completely different direction that none of us were expecting. That's the direction I, I would expect. <laughs> it was, I mean, I think it was more of like the, oh, you know, the division was wide open. I mean, I really think that the NFC North is one of the most wide open divisions, if not the most wide open division in football for this year. I think we were all expecting something like that. And Justin was not the first guy to come in and talk to us either. And you just kind of get into this like routine of monotony where you get listen to a lot of coach speak, you listen to a lot of players that are like, you know, we're really grinding away. It's all kind of the same. And then Justin comes in. And it was it was really funny. And it was appreciated, though, because his disdain was palpable in the press conference room. I'm like, this, it's June. This is it is June. And this man is getting visibly worked up talking about the Green Bay Packers. So if that gives you any indication on how bought in this team is in general and how much these players do appreciate playing in Chicago, playing for such a storied franchise, participating in the biggest and most traditional rivalry, I think, in the league. It has to be encouraging. It's just one of those things that can definitely come back around and bite you. I want well, nothing can because we've been living this for 30 years. <laughs> Not necessarily because obviously the Lovey Smith era was pretty good for us. But I think that to, to, to follow up on that, though, because going through the schedule and we see the Packers coming to Chicago in week one, it's incomprehensible to think about the Packers winning that. Like, I don't even like saying those words. 
I kind of find it refreshing that, as you said, the disdain is there, but the players are already thinking about it. I want them to think about it because I do. I don't, not that I don't care what happens the rest of the season, but you absolutely cannot lose in week one of that game. I'm kind of happy to see him be so upset. How do you feel? More than the week one game, honestly, though, he was really talking about going up to Lambeau. I think I that he really wants to win in Lambeau. And that, of course, doesn't come till much later in the season. It's so, the last game, right? I think yeah. that we open and close with him. Yeah. So, honestly, if you if you have to split the series, which I predicted that they would. Um, or no, did I have them sweeping? I don't remember now. I do no, really no, no, you probably had them winning week. You probably had the Packers winning week one. I did. I did. Just because they have a lot more continuity and I don't think that they're going to be that lacking with Jordan Love. I, I I tend to think that Jordan Love is going to be okay. He might take his lumps, but he's going to be okay. They oh, have I mean, the guy was the guy was was third team All Mountain West. Of course, he's going to go out there and deal. But he's got the run game to lean on that's been there for a few years. He's got a fantastic defense with eight first round picks on it on the other side of the ball. They're coming into this where they can go to autopilot yeah. and fine whereas the bears don't have that luxury right now so i could see a world where that doesn't happen but if you go up to lambo and you shut the packers fans up i think that's more what you know the the sentiment justin jones was trying to convey was that he just that environment really gets to him and that is that is the point though both of these teams are supposed to have true home field advantages and i believe that they do and so i hope that bears fans you know they they, they give it right back to the packers when the packers are its older field no, I get it. And it's fun. And honestly, it is fun. And I don't have any problems with uh, Nags and Cheesehead TV creating the shirt. Who is Justin this is, Jones? This is part it's of fun. it. This is the back and forth. Yes. It's fun. Sports are fun. Rivalries are fun. That's what that, you know, you're not meant to take them that seriously unless you're, of course, you're on the field and your name is Justin Jones. Right. And it's okay. I want him to go out there and take off Jordan Love's head figuratively, not, not, not figuratively, literally. not literally. Yeah. Figuratively. I was correct. Uh, I had to catch myself there. But I really want to see that kind of stuff. And I think this is the kind of harmless banter that should go on between fans. And if for any Bears fans who are upset with Aaron or anybody else at Cheesehead TV, like he's he's playing into the bit, so to speak. So let's all just have some fun and relax. And then just we'll we'll take turns laughing at the Vikings instead. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I will say though, uh, I've I've appreciated it. And so it is I, I look at the the way that the NFL schedule has worked out with the Bears closing at Lambeau, there could be a situation similar to what happened last year where the Lions went up there and closed down Lambeau Field, shutting them out of the playoffs. I don't think the Packers will be as close to the playoffs this year. But still, like the NFL bookmakers, the booking team, so to speak, for everybody who thinks that this is all scripted. The right, the writers. The writers the writer. have they have it correct with the Bears closing at Lambeau with an opportunity. I think it would be a lot of fun. See, that's the thing, too. Like could, I, I could see a situation where the Bears are like nine and seven and they need to beat the Packers, and the Packers are like six and ten, and you're like, okay, we got to beat this team. That's perhaps maybe what Justin Jones was talking about, but in any event. I love it. I'm glad he did it. And I don't think anybody should back down. I, I don't want to see these players get too robotic. Even, even with Aaron Rodgers, eh, with the stuff, with the I own you stuff, like it's a it's annoying and I dislike it. But at the same point, it's what makes it fun. Like I try to I try to muster up disdain for Kirk Cousins and Jared Goff. And maybe it's because they don't win every year. But it was really easy to not like Aaron Rodgers. So I think that this is just good for football and it's good for sports as long, again, as it's good-natured and nobody's really getting like too upset. 
Yeah, I agree. This is again, what makes sports fun. Rivalries are fun. And they, this one is especially fun because again, it is so traditional. It goes back so many years. There are, there's so much baggage that comes along with this (laughs) and to see players really buy into that. Like I said, I think it speaks to the fact that they have bought into their team. They've bought into their cities and, or in Green Bay's case, I guess town, but it's one of those things where that is why you should be encouraged by it. And that's why I feel like you shouldn't take it too seriously necessarily. And a lot of people being like, who's Justin Jones. He needs to talk like obviously what nags did. And it's like, who cares? This guy is bought into this team and that's what you want. Like for all of your players, top and bottom of the roster, that is a good sign. And I really appreciate that. And I really appreciate these guys getting behind the city and the team and the history and the tradition of everything, because that is what makes these two teams, this entire division really, really, really cool. And it was one, like I, when I got this job to cover the entire division, I jumped at it because I was like, this is one of the most historical divisions in football. Yeah. And it means so much to the game itself. So it just, it's, it's so cool to me. And I, this is just one of those examples. So before you get too caught up in the minutiae of everything and who said what and he said this and whatever, take a step back and realize you are participating in one of the greatest things that sports has to offer. You know, it was cool too. I don't know. Was it the Vikings or was it the the Buccaneers who made a flashback to the old NFC Central? Because I know it was the Bucks. Like the, the, the Bucks the, because they're wearing their cream skulls against the Lions. And oh my God, that's and amazing. so they put like the font up. They show the highlights from yeah. the NFC Central, like the you know the last not necessarily the last time they wore those uniforms because they did wear them i believe in 2012 um but yeah it was it was really cool the way they they called upon that and that was an especially big like kind of worlds colliding thing for me because yeah. i spent so much time in tampa but growing up i grew up in chicago and saw the you know the buccaneers as the nfc central rivals not necessarily rivals i guess <laughs> They weren't really. They were there. <laughs> they were there. They there won the some... Super Bowl in, 20, in 2002. So, like, I mean, they were there. Yeah. They were there. Um, but it was, it was, that was really cool to see that and to kind of be reminded of those days, the black and blue division. You know, that's, that's the football I fell in love with. Totally. And there was a lot of cool Walter Payton photos of him going up against the Buccaneers. So, that's always, that's always a visceral image to me whenever you can draw upon that. So I thought that was really cool too. Mm-hmm. Also, uh, Justin Jones was talking about the, the relationship between Justin Fields and DJ Moore. Uh, he went on about that a little bit in his press conference as well. Were you able to see any of that in practice? What were you privy to uh, today? Obviously the practice was inside because of the weather, but did you see Justin and uh, DJ Moore hooking up? On the field? Yeah, we got to we got to see the whole practice. That's the benefit of this time period in the league calendar. Is most teams let you stay outside for, or in this case, indoors uh, for all the practice. So you get to see them go through every single period. For people that don't know how football practice works, it's you know team warm ups, and then you go into your position drills and individuals, and then you'll do kind of situational stuff. You'll do special teams. You'll do seven on seven uh, while the linemen and stuff kind of going off and doing their own thing. Then you'll do team periods uh, where you'll practice things like red zone and gadgets. And then today we saw a situational drill where it was a two minute drill, 30 seconds left on the clock. There were, it was tied. I think it was tied and, and the bears had 30 seconds to get into field goal range. And so we got to see, you know, how the team reacted to that, how Justin commanded the huddle, all that other stuff. But what was very interesting to me to see was we've talked so much about how DJ Moore can do everything we saw him do everything today. He lined up all over the field in every receiver spot. 
it's not lip service when you hear these coaches talk about how DJ Moore can and will do everything. We saw that out of him. He's coming out of the slot. He's on the outside. He's running slants. He's running like he's at every different level of the field. And it was good to see that kind of evolving right as we were watching everything because you go from seven on seven where you only have the skilled players against each other. And then you go to team drills where Justin's looking for DJ like automatically. And it's just, it, it's cool to see. And Chase Claypool wasn't out there. He wasn't practicing. He was there, but he yeah. wasn't practicing. So once you get him out there though, you're going to start to see the full extent of what this offense could be. But if the player's reaction is any indication, and again, this was Justin Jones who's on defense. Yeah. If their reaction is any indication, there is so much we haven't seen yet. So that's exciting. That is huge. Do you, did you happen to notice who was playing the X position when DJ Moore was in the slot? Cause we know that when we had Tyler Scott on, you know, and he, he was compared by our own Lance Zerline of the NFL media group to T Y Hilton, who of course, you know, thrived in the slot, but Tyler was like, listen, I didn't play a lot of slot receiver at Cincinnati. I was more of an X guy. Did they give him an opportunity to play the X or did you even notice? Uh, so I actually saw Tyler working out with some of the second team guys, but they yeah. were putting the receivers on a rotation. Equinemius St. Brown was in there oh, and yeah. he's, he's, you know, he's more of a big guy. I think he's more of a comp for Chase Claypool as well, just from a build perspective. Sure. Um, so I saw, we saw a lot of EQ, but again, it was a constant rotation. We saw some of your Bayless, your, your guy, Bayless Jones Jr. He, he had a catch and I was like, Oh, nice. this, I wish Adam was here to see this because I yes. had your voice in my head going Bayless. Bayless. Um, Exactly. Um, But it was, again, you you can't glean too much from this time period. Obviously, these guys aren't in pads. There's no contact allowed. The coach's agenda right now is to install these plays and evaluate how different situations work, how different personnel groupings look. It's more, it's all about evaluation. It's not necessarily about the traditional thing of like getting down the field and scoring points. It's like, no, I want to see how this works. Does that work? Um, I will tell you what threw me off was Robert Tunyon is wearing number 18. Tight end. Uh-oh. And I'm like, who is this 18 receiver out there? And I was like, wait a second. It's Bobby. Tunyon. Oh, nice. I just like the, the rule changing with the numbers. Like I kind of feel, feel Tom Brady's angst a couple of years oh ago gosh. when this all Stop. started. Cause like, but it is, it's, it's your, your brain is trained to think of certain numbers as certain positions. And now it's just completely out of whack. So I'm like, who is this? Rece-? I'm like checking my thing. And I'm like, it's a tight end at 18. This is so weird. Did we get Peter Skaronsky or something? Like, yeah, <laughs> I, I can see that being, but if you watch college football, it's sort of like that anyway. So it's like, yeah, yeah kinda, it kind of fits. It's actually now more, more sort of like off-putting. To see a, a tight end wearing a number in the eighties, like what is wrong with you? Why? Although I want to well, see, you got, I, you got I don't know if this was a, a Cole Komet wearing the number eighty-five. Yeah. I remember. I don't know if this was a high school thing in California, but we used to have a bunch of tight ends who would wear ninety, who would wear numbers in the nineties when it was crazy. Ninety or ninety-nine, it always just seemed like we always had these guys. But I covered a lot of high school sports too. It was like number nine, but they played defense, uh, so maybe that was a thing. Jumping around the the rundown here, though, I'm going to throw you off for a second. But you talked about Chase, Cl- Chase Claypool. He was there, but not practicing. Is he injured, or what was the story there? Matty Rafus wasn't specific with us about what was going on with Chase Claypool. He just said that he's working through something with the trainers. That's all okay. he would give us. But about- fully expects him to be, you know, ready to go. Come training camp. 
Very good. What about Darnell Mooney? He was not there at all, correct? Not there at all. Flus was, again, very tight-lipped when it when it came to us asking about Darnell Mooney and where he was in his progress. But Matty Flus was very intent on saying that he is on track. He did not tell us where in the progression he's at. We don't know if he's on grass. We don't know if he's still working in the water tank to you know, zero gravity running, all that kind of the, the various technological things that go you know into rehab like this. But he is on track. They are still planning on him being able to join the team by training camp. But Palouse would not tell us exactly where Darnell Mooney was in his progress. Fair enough. I I, I would appreciate or I would expect Matt Eberflus to be a little tight-lipped on that. But it's, again, I don't want to be in a situation where we finally get DJ Moore, but, like, he's still playing with Equinemius St. Francis. Like, come on. Like, well, I want our full compliment of what? No, no, no disrespect to Equinemius St. Brown, but we've got a lot of good wide receivers. If you're playing Madden with the injuries off, our wide receivers are very good. So I would love to see everybody out there and Justin Fields being able to take advantage of it doesn't make a ton of sense to me either just because like if you're saying that his timetable is training camp like at this point of the year I don't really understand the competitive advantage you're getting from not tell other than the fact that maybe you just don't want to put expectations on the player himself which I appreciate if you don't want to put expectations on Darnell Mooney that like he should be doing this by this point or or you know what have you there's a lot more that goes into that dynamic I understand that but at this point I'm just kind of like you can't tell us if he's on grass yet like yeah just I don't know but he doesn't want that part of the news cycle I get it that's fine but he's on track and he will be available for training camp all right Matt we get it (laughs) whatever a Jack Sanborn also was there but not practicing Again, one of those guys where he there were they were hoping to get him full speed. Matty Rufus kept talking about the 40 days of summer, essentially, and wanted to get him going full speed heading into those 40 days. And yeah. they, they said that he's kind of on track. Jack did stretch with the team, mm-hmm. but he did not participate in any of the, the drills or the team periods when it came to that. So I, there, he's still on track to be ready for training camp. That is the hope. That is what they are planning on. Uh, but again, just not a ton of specifics when it comes to injuries, but teams are under no obligation to give that information right now. That's, that's the important thing too, is there is no injury report in, in mini camp. You don't necessarily need to say, Oh, he's dealing with this, this or this, like that's not part of this. So it, a lot of coaches are going to opt not to say anything. Yeah. They're never going to give up any information that they don't have to, and that's fine. Uh, we're all good, but we did get an opportunity to kind of take a look at what the Bears' offensive line is going to be, or at least what it's projected to be. You have made your feelings clear on players (laughs) who are switching sides of the field, but it feels like or it appears that Tevin Jenkins is going to be at left guard next to Braxton Jones. Uh, Our new guy, Nate Davis, will be at right guard along with Darnell Wright. Cody Whitehair expected to be the center, but was was he taking the first team reps today? No, it was Lucas Patrick, actually, Ooh. and Aber- Matt Eberflew said that that was just given his experience, and he wanted to kind of, it sounds a lot like Matt Eberflew wants to make sure that they have two guys ready to go at that position should anything happen, and you can't blame them given what happened to Lucas Patrick last year. So you want to make sure that both of these guys are, are ready to go, but he did. Eberflew did tell us Cody Whitehair is the starting center. I know that I don't like linemen switching spots switching yeah. sides i don't like yeah. it you don't like it. officially everybody 
Carmen does not like when Lyman switch. It's not, it's not as simple as everybody makes it seem. Just it's for the not, but I put a huge emphasis on your natural position and your dominant side. Hmm. Tevin Jenkins came in as a left tackle. So that is something he was comfortable with for a large part of his career. He's comfortable on the left side, even hmm. though he found success at right guard last year. If you're making the switch now, at this point in the offseason, and he knows that he's going into training camp at that position, not to mention he is now kind of a veteran, at least compared to Braxton Jones and Darnell Wright. Mm -hmm. I understand the thought process of wanting to put experienced players next to more younger players, essentially. So you have Tevin Jenkins next to Braxton Jones, and now you have Darnell Wright next to Nate Davis, who may be new to the Bears, but he's not new to this. He is a veteran. And I like that thought process. And again, as long as you go into training camp with like knowing your expectations, I like that. I like the, that they are stressing continuity. Finally, Eberflus even made mention, like this isn't going to be a revolving door like last year. Thank God. Uh, this, this is, this is, we want to create continuity on this line. We want to create depth at this line, which is again, evidenced by the, the fact that they want to make sure two guys are very well trained at center and the fact that they have guys that could swing to either side as backups, as your swing guards or swing tackles. Uh, they have a little bit of depth on the offensive line now, which they know that they're going to need. Everybody's going to need that. At some point, your offensive linemen are going to go down. So right. I'm not a fan of guys switching sides, but I am a fan of them playing their dominant side. And it seems as though mm-hmm. Tevin Jenkins, his that's his natural side given where the rest of his career was prior to him getting to Chicago. And even when he was got to there initially. Yeah. And it, honestly it was Braxton Joe. I don't know if he beat him out or if that was exactly what Ryan Poles had in mind when he took over, but you know, he played so well at guard last season that I think that moving to the left side is going to be fine. And I think he's really going to find his niche. And I think the left side of the offensive line is going to end up being the strength. I wrote about that in a uh, NFL.com piece that'll be coming out this week about how good the offensive line can actually be with some veteran leadership. If Darnell Wright develops as the player that we want, I feel like he's going to be strong on the run. You know, you saw him at Tennessee. He was a really great run blocker, probably going to take some time to develop uh, as a passing tackle, kind of like a, a Mike McGlinch, like Mike McGlinch like that. The guy that we almost signed during the off season. So I think it's going to end up being pretty good. Who, de- who, would end up being kind of the backup swing tackle. Would it be Larry Borum, who again, I think is a young player with a lot of potential, but is Larry Borum kind of get, is he looked at as the tackle that could kind of be the backup there? Cause I think that would give us a lot of depth. It's either Larry Borum or maybe Alex Leatherwood actually uh, yeah. saw Alex Leatherwood getting some work with the guards. Ooh. So today, so if he can slide inside and kind of be some depth on the inside as well, who knows? Uh, but again, on the inside too, you're going to have the benefit of whoever doesn't end up as a starting center. If you have Lucas Patrick, I mean, he's played guard, he's played both, he's played center and guard, both of those positions. So he could be a backup to either one of those positions. Um, I think, again, we're seeing the roots of Ryan Poles manifest them themselves in this off this iteration of the offensive line. You've got continuity, you've got depth. They know how important that is. And all of the emphasis is on the offense this year. And that's evident even today with them moving indoors. They didn't need to move indoors. There was no lightning. That's when you have to move indoors. 
But Matt Eberflus said it today that we wanted to get really good work in the passing game. We didn't want any of this rain to deal with any of the rain, any slippery, you know, footballs, anything like that. We're just going to go inside and we're going to make sure that we can get some really good work in the passing game. And that is much appreciated. Did they look good though? Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Again, I know. The defense kind of won the day, uh, which was a little bit, but it's hard to see that at this point in the season, just because these practices, given that there's no contact, are so geared towards the offense. Uh, They're so in favor of the offense. They favor the offense so heavily because of that fact. So the fact that the defense is still getting pressure, that that plays are being called um, sacks because there's nowhere else for Justin Fields to go. The fact that Justin is bailing out um in certain plays isn't necessarily encouraging right now but it was the first day of minicamp so you need to keep that in mind and again they're just trying to evaluate how certain things work what certain looks look like it's not necessarily about you know what you think it's about that's the things are never what they seem in these practices uh quite honestly but from the out, from the outside looking in, having a team period, having a situational drill where you just need to get into field goal range, you got thirty seconds to do it, and you can't do it, and you get sacked twice, wasn't the best outing for Justin. But again, it's early. I'm I'm reserving judgment. All right. Well, yeah, it is something to keep in mind, uh, keep an eye on as this uh, continues to move forward. Not the news that you definitely want to hear or anything like that. Uh, speaking of news, obviously the Minnesota Vikings have been releasing a lot of talent. Sorry, I've been throwing this at you at the last second, but (laughs) the Minnesota Vikings have been releasing a lot of talent. A lot of familiar names are now gone. Dalvin Cook being one of the latest. Daniel Hunter not expected to show up. What was interesting, though, and this cropped up on Monday. Now, when Dalvin Cook was released, I think a lot of people just anticipated that he was eventually going to sign with the Miami Dolphins. The Chicago Bears are listed as one of the teams. Can we pull up that graphic? Uh, right now, Sammy, thank you for uh, putting that up there. The 40, I mean, come on, the 49ers, like I, they have Christian McCaffrey and they have a couple of good back, although their backups in San Francisco actually don't do a great job of catching the football where I think Dalvin Cook could end up making a lot of success. You got the Arizona Cardinals, which I think that they're full George Patton mode, they're tank commanders. The Buffalo Bills would reunite him with uh, his brother. His brother, yeah. And Miami, uh, of course, makes the most sense. Mike McDaniel being very evasive whenever he's been asked about it. But at the same time, he is still, you know, considered kind of not a lock, but it was it's surprising to me to see the Bears mentioned on this list 
Was there any talk of that today? I mean, is there like a sense of like, is this an agent just throwing it out there because he needs to, to make a deal for his guy? Or is this a legitimate thing that perhaps Dalvin Cook ends up playing for the Bears? Yeah, there was no talk about that. And in fact, you saw a lot of actually Deontay Foreman taking some of those checkdowns and really getting involved in the passing game, which was really encouraging him and Khalil Herbert, obviously. Uh, I really think that this is this is smoke because don't forget, this is Dalvin Cook's decision. Yeah. And at this point, he I know he's not old, old. He's 27. He's about to be 28. But in running back years, oh, like in football years, football years. In football years, that's old. In running back years, that's older. So he wants to, I'm sure, go somewhere that is a little bit more ready-made for a deep playoff run. And I'm yeah. sorry to say, I just don't think that's the Bears yet. Not to mention it's a division rival, all this other stuff. So you cannot discount the fact this is Dalvin Cook's decision. He is, you know, released. This is He can sign wherever he wants. He can sign whenever he wants. And he's got no incentive to do so anytime soon. But I do think the Dolphins make so much sense, not only because – of uh, their, their personnel and everything like that. But Mike McDaniel being a disciple of that Shanahan tree that knows how to right. run just a beautiful, diversified, creative run game. I mean, I could watch the 49ers run scheme all day because it's right. it's gorgeous. Like it's just, you think they're going to do one thing, they do another. And then they come up in the same look and they do something completely different. And the creativity they have and the versatility they have in all of their players, um, they are lacking depth, like you said, but... Dalvin Cook would fit right into a scheme like that. So if it's not the 49ers, Dolphins make a lot of sense. Mike Daniel there. So. No, I would expect him to sign with one of those two teams. I, if the 49ers are indeed an option, again, for the very same reasons that you put out there, these guys don't want, like, it's whatever, like, whenever you see DeAndre Hopkins out there, and I know a lot of people be like, would he go to, should he go to the Bears? It's like, why would he? Like, I even as the most, you know, partisan Bears homer that I know, <laughs> I even know, like, he's not coming here. We're a year away from somebody like DeAndre Hopkins trying to join the Chicago Bears. He would look at Buffalo, probably a lot of, not necessarily all those teams that were mentioned, but Buffalo would make a lot of sense. We've seen, I know, um, not Miami, but there's some other ones that would make more sense for him that are closer to uh, to reaching the playoffs. Don't say Minnesota either, because that's not that's not one of them. But in any event, I think that these players want to go to teams who are clearly in their Super Bowl window, which I guess I can admit the Bears are not quite there yet, but big it's okay. You. That's very big of you. It's a work in progress, but let's uh, let's go to the fans uh, to see if there's any questions out there for anybody. We'll be taking some questions now. If Sammy's got any in the hopper, if we or if we don't, uh, Mark though, uh, thank you so much for weighing in tonight. The entire East Easingwald Easingwald Bears fan club. Okay, sorry. If I'm mispronouncing that, how am I having such a problem with easing wild bears fan club? Dittos, Justin Jones sentiments. You guys are sick. Keep up the great coverage, Mark. Thank you so much uh, for chiming in, but that's what we like. But again, that's going back to what we were saying at the top is like when the players start not mimicking, but having the same sort of sentiments sentiments that they're upset. Like I, I always think of old timey football too, where players didn't change as often. And right. it was a big deal. Like it was a big deal. There was a former player. I don't know. I don't think he's in the Hall of Fame, but Lyle Alzado was this guy who played for the Broncos, ended up winning a Super Bowl with the Raiders. And it was like a big deal at the time. And you see stuff like that. And now it's just kind of like that. They do it all the time. I mean, like the Vikings and Lions traded TJ Hawkinson and nobody batted in an eye. 
And it was just like, oh, a lot of inner division kind of moving movement a little bit. I even Walter Payton, like being so just absolutely, you know, bears all the way, just very, I think Jarrett has told stories just about how Walter was like, I'm not going anywhere else. Are you kidding? There's absolutely no way. Um, refusing to sign with division teams and stuff like that. So, I mean, even uh, as, as recently as like Rob Gronkowski, uh, yeah. I mean, it wasn't a division rival, but it was a team he didn't want to go to. He was going to get traded to the Lions. And he famously has told a story where he was like, no, I'm not. I'm retiring. And yeah. he retired instead of getting yeah. traded. Uh, which is just, it, it, not that there was bad blood between those, but it's just, you know, these, these players have, have opinions and they, and it's just nice when those opinions align with the fan bases. And again, gives you something to really root for, regardless of how the teams do, you, you know, that these guys are trying, are giving their all and that's all you can ask out of them, you know? Yeah. That's one of the things that I will always hold dear is that Walter Payton was always a Chicago bear. There was no, there was no time in San Francisco, there was no time in Tampa Bay or anything like that. He was a Chicago bear through and through. And you think of like all the great players who have ended up someplace else, you know, Joe Montana famously ended up in Kansas city, you know, and a lot of Jerry Rice had a, a significant career with the, with the Oakland Raiders. Like it's, it's crazy that you think about, and this is why I always regard Walter or one of the reasons why I always regard Walter Payton as one of the greatest of all time. He was always a bear. Gail Sayers was always a bear. Dick Buckus was always a bear. And some of the other prominent players in NFL history, Jim Brown, always a Brown, Barry Sanders, you know, Barry Sanders, if, if not, Barry's not this kind of person. So this never would have happened, but like, he just didn't ask for a trade. He didn't do it. He just retired. He just retired. I guess Calvin Johnson did the same thing. Like yeah. these guys were just sick of playing for the lions and they're like, oh, I just rather retire, but they didn't go. They didn't force themselves somewhere else. Emmett Smith played for the Arizona Cardinals, the their NFC East rival, the Arizona Cardinals, which it, again, going back to going back to the Buccaneers being in the NFC central, you're like, Oh, that's right. The NFC West was the Rams, the 49ers, the saints and the Falcons. And the Cardinals were in the East, like so many, so many crazy things going on. But uh, I love to see, and I love that what Justin Jones said, and uh, he is right, by the way. Like, I, I don't know if I mentioned that, but like, he is kind of right. Just go spend some time on Twitter outside of Aaron Nagler. Oh, by the way, uh, speaking of Packers fans who are not terrible, Tom Grossi, our friend who comes on this show is currently oh my god even though yeah thank you okay cool thanks wow. I, I, didn't, I, didn't, I didn't know that sammy had this uh teed up thanks for doing that uh this is perfect uh even though he's a packers fan shout out to tom grassi for the 30 stadiums in 30 days for jane saint excuse me saint jude's hospital uh love you acg appreciate you uh, uh weighing in here and being a part of the show what tom's doing is amazing i think that he's ending at sofi stadium here in southern california Obviously, they're doing 30 for 30. There's two teams or two stadiums that host two teams. So East Rutherford and, of course, SoFi Stadium. Uh, and what he's doing is visiting each and every spot uh, across the map. I forget where he was today when we were recording this. I know he was recently in Baltimore, started to lose track a little bit, but he's going around visiting all these stadiums. I know he was at FedEx Field. He's done Baltimore, so he's doing that East Coast swing. And it's an amazing thing. And he's raising a lot of money for St. Jude's and appreciate everybody who's contributed to St. Jude's over the year. We know that the run rich run 
that benefits St. Jude's. The fantasy footballers also benefit St. Jude's, but we appreciate Tom Grassi. He does a a, marath- a telethon sort of thing too uh, but prior to the start of the season. So it's great to see him out there. So not that's Justin Jones was not talking about Tom Grassi. So we <laughs> we can put that out there. He's he's been great. Have you been on his show before? No, I haven't, but wow. yeah, that's that's so wonderful. We'll get that switched. We'll uh, we'll make sure you get on. He's a great guy, and we always enjoy having him. And uh, he's a lot of fun. They're not all terrible. That's good to say. How about another? Is there another question though, Sammy? Uh, do you expect much out of Dexter Pickens, or will this be a backup type of year? This is one of the things that I said uh, last week when we had Bear Down Cuz on, is that we don't necessarily expect them to come in and dominate or do anything like that. But as rotational depth pieces feels like a realistic expectations for them two guys who would be playing behind Justin Jones. What did you see? Were they there today? And were you able to get a chance to, to watch them play? Uh, Justin Jones expects them to come in mm-hmm. and contribute right away. Justin Jones expects Jervon Dexter and Zach Pickens to be part of this rotation immediately. He talked about how much depth now there is on the defensive line. And we even got, there was a lot of talk about how these rookies are acting like veterans. And that was a really great thing to hear, obviously. So I will say seeing Jervon Dexter and Zach Pickens in person, Jervon is a very large human. (laughs) I think he weighs like over 300, 310 pounds, 300. Yeah. Something like that. Um, and he got a sack on Justin Fields today. Like he can get into the backfield. So that's exactly what these guys are, what Bieber Flues has been looking for is these interior defensive linemen that can penetrate the pocket, that can push it, that can make quarterbacks uncomfortable because don't forget, after all, the interior linemen are the closest to the quarterback. Yeah. They have the path. They they might not necessarily have the path of least resistance, but they've got the shortest distance to go. So if you can get a guy to be able to really control that pocket, control the line of scrimmage and get in there, hey, I mean, that that's all you can ask for. And if you can get a rookie to do it, there's it doesn't seem like there are rookies and vets uh, on this team. Everyone is kind of learning together. Everyone's gelling together. And that's going to you're there. The Bears are going to need young players to step up because they have so much youth all across this team. And if they are going to be competitive at all, they, they need guys to to contribute right away. Yeah. It's one of those things too, because obviously everybody talks about edge rushers and things like that. But at the same time, when you can get pressure up the middle, we saw last year, and this isn't a shot at Sam Mustafer, but a lot of the problems on the offensive line was because the center wasn't blocking that well. And if you can collapse the pocket, right in the center. You saw what it did to a quarterback like Justin Fields who can escape. When you get to some of these less mobile quarterbacks, if you're able to collapse that pocket, especially getting upfield in a hurry, that's going to that's going to cause some problems for guys like Jared Goff and Kirk Cousins. Not that they're statues by any stretch of the imagination, but they're also not the athlete that Justin Fields are or Justin Fields is. So it is a very important position and uh, those two guys could end up making a huge impact defensively. Uh, would love to see it. And both, and you also love guys that they picked up out of the senior bowl because they've already coached them and you already kind of got a sense of what they're all about, which again, this is one of those great things about being involved in coaching the senior bowl is that you get a firsthand look. This is one of the reasons why the Rams were able to scoop up Cooper cup a couple of seasons ago, 
because they saw firsthand what he could do in practice. I mean, that is the most important part of the senior bowl. It's not necessarily the game. It's how these guys have battled in practice. And obviously these guys stood out for a reason there. There, there's a reason why they are on the radar of Ryan Poles heading into the draft. So I'm very confident in both of those players. And again, they don't have to be, they don't have to be Aaron Donald, but if you can go out there and be solid rotational pieces, I think that's more than we can ask, uh, especially in their first year. Uh, Sammy, another question though, if we have one, Carmi, did you see Rojo today? And what were your thoughts? Thanks for, uh, thanks for weighing in Cassie. Yeah. Rashawn Johnson was there. And again, it's this kind of running back by committee approach that the bears are going to take this year, which I think is where a lot of teams are going regardless. But the fact that you have a quarterback that can also factor into the run scheme that just opens up so many things for all of these guys. So we saw a lot of Deontay Foreman, like I said, in the passing game, taking checkdowns, taking in the short yardage type of situations, dump offs, all that kind of stuff. And then you saw Roshan Johnson also getting some rotational work and everything like that. So he's going to, again, like, like we just talked about, you're going to need these young guys to make impacts right away because that's all this, this team has youth and that can be used to your favor because you got fresh legs. You got guys that are hungry. You got guys that want to prove themselves. If you can harness that and get some actual get impact out of them. I mean, that's, that's what the bears are going to need to see this year. And Roshan Johnson is absolutely part of that. Which again, and I don't want to be this person who overvalues rookies or anything like that it's it's another reason why when they were talking about dalvin cook it's like i feel very comfortable with the with the running back situation i think Deont- is it deontay foreman Dante foreman i need you to find out because i don't i don't want to be doing i've the, always I said be- deontay foreman so have like, I. like uh, when i was when i was in tampa and he was in carolina i would always call him deontay foreman so i as far as i know no, but i will I'll, double check we i'll ask wanna, i'll ask aaron i'll get on the phone be like, I want to know one way or the other. Maybe we'll just have him on the show and have him just say it. Like, how do we say it? Uh, but in any event, I really like him. Like, I think that yeah. he's a good player. Last season, the Bears had five games where one player rushed for over 100 yards. Justin Fields was three of them. Foreman did it five times on his own yeah. last year. So I, I think he's a very capable running back. I thought that was a great signing. And mm-hmm. I think with Roshan Johnson, with all right the ability there. that he brings – I think the Bears are in a very good situation to run the football. All right, let's take a couple more questions, though, Sammy, to close out the evening. And Cornelius Squalls, everyone was upset because Terrell Lewis had a good day against Darnell Wright, but I'm not. He may be that pass rusher that we need. Yeah, what did you think of that matchup between Terrell Lewis and Darnell Wright? Uh, Was it as bad as it seemed? Again, it's really hard to tell because – Right now, all these guys can do is focus on fundamentals. So that's kind of a little discouraging. It's like, okay, can you get your feet set? Can you get in front of these guys? Can you get your leverage? Like that is all still, they can touch each other. They can't like shove each other, obviously. And they can't tackle and and really engage like they normally would. Uh, but again, this is, this is Darnell Wright adjusting to the speed of the game, even though this is essentially a walkthrough practice where you're not wearing pads. But at the same time, all these guys are hungry. So it's one of those things where you can take what you want from it. Do you want to see the defense for, you know, being aggressive and, and being able to out leverage these guys, or do you want to kind of lean on the fact that these guys aren't being physical yet? They're not allowed to engage. And that is hard too for a player to go half speed 
and and to try and get everything correct and precise without being able to go full go. I mean, that's that's a thing. So again, you can take what you want from it. I think all this stuff is a little bit overblown right now, yeah. given the fact that they can't really engage with each other. You really can't g- get any sort of feel for who's going to be what. But again, I, yeah, you would like to see Darnell Wright kind of know his leverage points a little bit more, but it was the first day. He's a young yeah. player. This is a completely different game for offensive linemen, for many offensive linemen uh, from col- from what they were asked to do in college. And I talked about this before. Darnell Wright was hardly in a huddle, huddle at Tennessee. I mean, that's how different this game is. They were only in huddle in, in like dead ball situations and very special occasions. So he's yeah. getting used to an entirely different pace of play, an entirely different way of, of you know his quarterback commanding the huddle and, and what the expectations are. So don't read too much into it. But again, if you can find a diamond in the rough like Terrell Lewis, yeah, you should get like that's something that to keep an eye on. I don't want to get, say get excited about it yet, but keep an eye on it. No, it is cool. And you got to remember, you know, Darnell Wright, first day on the job. You're always kind of like apprehensive, like how aggressive can I be? I remember, and again, this is just at the high school level, but like, Really, like there were times, like I, you don't know, like what are we allowed to do? Like what is what is the expectation? What are we allowed to do? If he's getting dominated in preseason games, then you're like, okay, this is not a great sign right here. But walk through practices, even as the Bears like score things, like that would have been a sack. Like hold on, remember who the quarterback is. Would that really like what really? You sure about that? You sure? Like it's a TikTok video. You sure about that? <laughs> That's a set. You sure about that? Like, I don't know. I hate that show. I hate it so much. It's so uncomfortable. It is. So, my boyfriend watches it and I'm like, I can't, I can't do it. I like, I just, I go do something else when he's watching it. I'm like, I, uh, no, there's no way. I can't it's do awesome. this. It's horrible, it, but he finds the, it. Sir. The TikTok meme has made me not want to watch that show. It's ridiculous. Uh, but I will it's tell you. It's not worth watching. <laughs> I, I discovered a show that a lot of you might not have heard of that you should go check out. It's called Ted Lasso. No, I realize I'm the last one to, and it's a, it is a, is a, a prominent Bill Lawrence fan. Uh, it's embarrassing that it's taken me so long to get on board with, although I didn't, I didn't have Apple TV until this season when the angels started playing games on Apple TV. I or, literally only got Apple TV for Ted Lasso and I, no regrets, zero regrets whatsoever. It's, it's such a feel good even when it's like a heavy show, like it's one of the heavier episodes, like it's just such a, it's so good. It just gets you. Well, that's it. That's a Bill Lawrence thing. I mean, it goes back to his time when he was doing Scrubs. Like everybody thinks of Scrubs is like this goofy show and it, for all intents and purposes, it really was, but it really had some deep, like gutting shows. And for everybody, I won't spoil anybody. I won't spoil anything uh, for anybody who's not seen Ted Lasso yet because the end of the first season the way that season ended it gave me the same feeling as the Scrubs episode where Brendan where JD sees Dr. Cox at the cemetery and he's like where do you think you are it was the same I had that same just like and because I know the way Bill Lawrence is I'm like I know this can't end well and I'm just like oh and it still hit all the feels Uh, I'm currently in in season two going through it I don't think I'm going to be able to make it through the time that my free trial is going to last. So I'm probably going to end up paying, <laughs> but there's another Bill Lawrence show that I have to check out anyways with Harrison Ford. And is it Zach oh shrinking? I know everybody keeps yeah. telling me to watch that. And I yeah. saw the first episode and I haven't gotten me like, I haven't had time to go back into it, but I'm, I'm going to, cause I heard that's wonderful too. I actually really took comfort though. in the fact that everything, even if it didn't work out right away in Ted Lasso, it eventually did. 
Cause like, um, I don't, I don't want to be like left hanging. I don't want to be like, I just, I want, I, I watch TV because I want to escape and I want to feel good and whatever. Like, I don't want to be dragged down into like some abyss of despair. So like the fact that even when it was heavier, like things would, there was always like a takeaway from it and then something would come back around and it would make you feel all warm and fuzzy. Like just excellent, excellent writing. No, I, it, it really is. And it's a hallmark of what he did. And it's what he did with Scrubs. It's what he did, believe it or not, Cougar Town. Um, he handled, he also was the guy who did um, the Michael J. Fox show where he was the PR guy for the mayor, Spin City. Spin City, yes. Oh my and God, had, that just like unlocked like these 90s memories of me as a child watching it before I even understood half the stuff that was going on in it. Right? And he also, this is a fun fact about Bill Lawrence and now everybody's like, can we talk football? We'll get back to football. We'll, we'll wrap up with a football question. But Bill Lawrence... Uh, you might not be aware was one of the writers on friends in season one. And if you ever watch friends closely Chandler in season one is much different than the Chandler that ends the series. And it's because that Chandler that season was written more towards being like Bill Lawrence actually was, and not necessarily the way the character developed over nine, 10 seasons. You never know uh, what you're going to get on this podcast. That's what, you know, you, you, you come for some sports and then you get some really awesome sitcom facts. Like, I don't know. I like, I think it's great. I like TV and I like good writing. So I'm into Ted Lasso and I can't wait to uh, continue to watch it. I'll watch an episode tonight. I've been doing like one episode a night. Yeah. I try not to binge it because I want to savor it. So I yeah. watch usually like, I do like one episode a night uh, is usually my thing. But in any event, let's close out with a football question, Sammy. I've for anybody who's still here, uh, Ron. Good riddance, Aaron Rodgers. He was so annoying. You know what? I will agree with that. I would have loved to have been the. But the hot line, take, hot the take. Line, <laughs> the Bears guy says Aaron Rodgers was annoying. Newsflash. Um, I'm still a little verklempt that it was the Lions who got the final, the final, uh, the final comeuppance. Like somebody was going to end the Undertaker's WrestleMania streak and it was Brock Lesnar, not CM Punk. It's like, ah, it would have been great to be the person who would have done that. But unfortunately, it wasn't the Bears, but he's gone. The bully's gone. Uh, he's still dating one of the cheerleaders, but he's moved out of the school. So that's good. And then uh, he won't we won't see him again until the Bears go to the Super Bowl and inevitably play the Jets because that. <laughs> If there is, if there is a, if, if the NFL is scripted, as a lot of you want to assert that the Bears will play the Jets in the Super Bowl as the ultimate, there it is, and then we would have a chance with the Packers. Bears. Play the Jets in the Super Bowl. Now the Packers, there's no beef there. It's the I mean, Bears. I'm an Aaron Rodgers. I will say the Packers are they are taking the high road because every little quote, and I, I don't pay as much attention anymore. Thank God um between between you and me between everybody watching thank yeah. god i don't have to listen to those tuesday morning things on mcafee anymore um Ooh. but there's every little quote that i've seen like rogers is like digging still at the packers and the yeah. packers are just like who what yeah who? Oh, i'm sorry do we do we know you anymore like no we're, we're we've moved on we're happy we have our guy and and we can't be bothered. So they're taking the high road, which I mean I appreciate because like let's not keep this cycle going. It, it no, doesn't I love make any it. sense. Like, yeah, I honestly I really do think that 
um, the Packers have handled the situation pretty well. I mean, they, there's an argument to be made that they probably shouldn't have extended him when they did last year, and, and they could have saved themselves a lot of headaches by cutting their losses a little early. But um, at the same time, they tried to make it work. As every you know, great relationship, marriage is like you always want to try and make it work, and I get that. Um, but it didn't work out. And now I, I don't have to cover him and it's great. And I, I'm actually very much looking forward to Jordan Love and what he can do and how the team can rally around him and, and what this offense could potentially look like under Jordan Love. Yeah, there's a there's a good chance that Jordan Love ends up being the best quarterback to ever come out of Utah State. So that's <laughs> something we will continue to keep an eye on as uh, we move forward. But Sammy, I think we're good with questions, but I want to thank everybody for being here. I want to thank Carmen who just got off vacation for joining us once again. It's so nice. Uh, it's so nice to have you here. What's in store for you? We know you do a lot of work around the NFL. What's coming up with foxsports.com? Are you going to be on the, are you going to be on the herd soon? Like what's, what, what do you got coming up? <laughs> um, I actually have some local stuff coming up in, in Chicago. So I'm going to be on football night in Chicago on Monday, which is really exciting. I always love doing that show now. Uh, but no, as far as on this on foxsports.com, uh, I have I'm going to be talking a little bit more about the Bears, especially about the observations I had today. But I also, in doing some research just about the Vikings and Brian Flores's defense and and the personnel that they have, as you mentioned, a lot of guys that have, have gone and examining further what those departures mean. Uh, I came across some really interesting things uh, that Brian Flores has been able to do with yeah. maybe not the best personnel or at least the flashiest. And so there might be hope for the Vikings defense yet. Not that the Bears fans want to hear that, but I think I, I stumbled across some very interesting stats and facts and information um, and tendencies of Brian Flores that I'm going to be detailing later this week. Ah, great. Uh, <laughs> by the way, I will be examining the NFC North as well for my state of the franchise series. Actually, we kicked off today with a piece on the Minnesota Vikings as well. So be sure to look out for that. The bears will be dropping on Thursday night, Friday morning. So you can check that out at some point too on NFL.com. But I want to thank uh, Carmen for being here. Thanks to everybody else who joined us. If you enjoyed the show this evening, be sure to comment using the word sick and we will see you probably, probably we'll see you next week. So uh, have a good one. Uh, enjoy everything that's going on. I don't know what's going on. Stanley Cup Finals, baseball. Well, not not in Chicago. There's not a lot of good baseball going on. I I got to see the Cubs play uh, up close in Anaheim. That's that's not a good team right now. But in any event, um, that's all we got. Thanks everybody for being here. Bear down and Sammy, go ahead and play us out. And that's a wrap. Hope you don't miss us too much until next time. Follow the Sick Podcast with Adam Rank on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, Google Play, and Apple Podcasts. 